The following podcast is not meant for children or for liberals, even though that's pretty much the same thing these days, but that's what we're here for. Somebody's got to keep these brats in line. Anyway, you've been warned. It's the right opinion. These days, our media's either incompetent or malevolent. They don't believe in heaven, but they acting like they haven't sent. Knowing the truth is way harder than telling it. We gotta work harder, gotta be more intelligent. Sometimes we just gotta grab a mic and start yelling shit. We're living in times when it's hard to stay relevant. Be the elephant in the room in a room full of elephants. Be the, Be the elephant, elephant in the room in a room full of elephants. Boom. Welcome back to The Right Opinion right here on the therightopinion.podbean.com, ratsaladreview.com, and hameenmediagroup.podbean.com as well. Uh, you could check out pretty much any of your podcatchers. Just search The Right Opinion, and it is the logo that is black and white and red all over, like the New York Times used to be. Anyway, welcome back. I think you all kind of know where I'm going to be going with this week's episode um, lots to talk about. Obviously, we had round one of the presidential de- debates, which honestly felt like several rounds. And as a matter of fact, I'm going to kind of, you know, talk about it as if it's several rounds. It was certainly a boxing match, um, probably more of an MMA fight. Scratch that. It was just a full-blown geriatric cat fight, uh, for, for lack of better terminology. And let's face it, both gentlemen lacked some good terminology throughout the course of this debate, but it was interesting. It was definitely interesting. It was funny. I was talking to my daughter the day of the debate or the the, the evening of the debate prior to the debate, and she had to watch the first half an hour of the debate for her social studies class, and I was kind of explaining to her what she might expect a little bit, and she said to me, oh, it's going to be really boring, is it? Isn't it? I said, no, I don't think this one's going to be boring. And I was very right, and it was funny because I was watching the clock and just making sure that she was tuned in, I hope, for the first half an hour of the debate because she certainly saw some fireworks, and I certainly hope she did not find it boring. I will be talking to her about it uh, the next chance I get, uh, next time I see her, rather. We'll we'll talk about it, and uh, I'll be interested to see if she's got any worthwhile feedback. She's 12 years old, the, the daughter of two Republicans who are not currently together, really no stepdad's political situation. He kind of nods and smiles when I go on my little rants. So I'm to assume he's either completely on the opposite end and doesn't want to talk about it all that much or is in agreement. And uh, I'm just saying it in such a way to where he has really nothing to add, which tends to be my shtick. So let's get into the debate. Well, let's get into some of the more meta topics of the debate. First and foremost, I want to debunk a bit of news that is going around. I've seen these tweets. I see them a lot. I have a lot of right-wingers and like a lot of QAnoners and people that I I guess I follow and they follow me. I pretty much just follow everyone back for the record. Uh, if you follow me, I'll follow you back if, if, if it's worthwhile, I think. And most of the time, I, I'm following you or you're following me because of some mutual interaction that we had. I do not condone all of my followers on Twitter and all of their somewhat radical, and sometimes ridiculous thoughts. That said, hashtag Joe Wired was trending the day after the debate because people were looking at a poorly pixelated video made from a cell phone of a television, and they thought that they saw a wire coming out of Joe's jacket, 
and uh, for that matter, even a microphone perhaps up his sleeve. I can debunk both of these things for you right now in all fairness because, look, I'm right wing. You get my opinion, but I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to sit here and pretend Joe Biden might have been wired. I mean, might he have been? Sure, but not based on any of the evidence that these people have presented. The one video that shows a supposed wire coming out of Joe's, I guess, jacket, inner lining of his jacket, is clearly, when you look at the actual HD footage, it's clearly just a crease in his shirt. It is not a wire. Also, the supposed microphone or whatever might have been up his sleeve is not a microphone. It's not an IV. It was the knot at the end of the rosary bead bracelet that he wears to commemorate Bo Biden. So, no. On both fronts, Joe Biden, again, is it possible he was getting some help? Maybe. I doubt it because it would have been, my God, can you imagine if Trump figured that out? I mean, that's 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 the end of the, the election. That's it. So that's a risk I guess the Biden campaign was willing to take. They wheeled Joe out there. Whatever they might have pumped into him to get him to stand upright for 90 minutes is, again, nothing more than speculation at this point. But based on the supposed evidence that was presented, I see no evidence to suggest that Joe Biden had any sort of electronic communication help throughout the course of of this debate. That said, he certainly got some help from the moderator. Now, Chris Wallace, Fox News guy, right? I'm not an open and, and you know advocate for Fox News. Obviously, I, I like them more than some of the other networks, but I predominantly get my news from alternative media, Daily Caller, Daily Wire, PJ Media, Gateway Pundit, uh, Epoch Times, places along those lines. And then obviously, I see all of the mainstream nonsense that goes along. I weigh the two and my opinion is still what it is, right? So, Christopher Wallace, I was, I'm not going to lie, I watched the debate twice. On my first pass through, I was not nearly as harsh of Chris Wallace as virtually every other right-winger that I saw. Um, I thought the whole debate was a circus. He was really trying his best to maintain order. Trump was obviously a bit more abrasive and a bit more abrupt and a bit more demonstrative than Joe Biden. That's to have been expected going into this. But Chris Wallace, I think at a certain point, kind of hit fuck it and stopped being a neutral party, a referee calling balls and strikes. And he turned into, I don't even know, a, a, a like a, they say you can't, you know, Heard cats. That's essentially what Chris Chris Wallace was trying to do on this debate, and I think probably based on past interactions, in addition to his behavior in this particular debate, Donald Trump did himself very few favors in terms of keeping Chris Wallace in the center, and uh, and then at a certain point beyond that, Trump is going to be Trump. We all know who he is. We all know what he's like. Chris Wallace, I think, went even a little bit beyond, and this is from my second pass-through. I think towards the end of the debate, he very much was debating Donald Trump when he kept going after him about uh, denouncing white supremacy and never asked Biden to denounce Antifa or Black Lives Matter, Inc., not Black Lives Matter, the concept, uh, which is an actual idea and a good one at that. The corporation that tries to embody that is, is evil, as I will talk about, I'm sure. And uh, I will definitely be talking about this weekend on Rat Salad Review when I do my debate 
with Nate over there. He's going to take up the cause of Black Lives Matter, I guess Antifa, and systemic racism, and I'm going to be taking up the, uh, the cause of police and America and the freest, greatest society in the history of the world. It should be fun. That said, uh, when that comes out, I will obviously link it, find it on my social media, at Right Opinion Pod, on Twitter, Instagram, and Parler. Back to my point. So Chris Wallace, I thought, did the best with what he had to work with when I watched it the first time through. By the time I got to the end of my second pass-through, it became very obvious, especially, when, like I said, when he started grilling him about racism and he started grilling him about climate change, and he kept interrupting him and, and kept trying to get back to the original point, which Trump was addressing, and he refused to kind of move past it and interrupted him multiple times. That said, obviously, there was a series of interruptions throughout the course of the debate, and I'm going to go through this thing chronologically. I think there's a lot we could talk about. Honestly, I could have just played the entire thing for you and stopped it every so often and provided my commentary, but and, and I may, may very well end up essentially feeling like I did that by the time I'm done with this here, but it's my job to absorb it and to give you kind of the TLDR. Uh, this one is going to take a little bit. You, you can't be too lazy. You could be lazy and did not read, but in this case, there's going to be some effort on your part because this is going to take a while. There's plenty of clips. I think I have about 16. I have some supplementary clips to go along with those, and let's get into it. The first clip I have for you is of the first interruption in the debate. Now, we've heard Donald Trump was a bull in a china shop. Again, things we all know and always knew were going to be the case. The first interruption from this debate, however, was not from Donald Trump. As a matter of fact, the first two or three came from Joe Biden. Here is Trump now with his second two minutes of uninterrupted time, supposedly, and Biden repeatedly interrupting him. And that obviously started the ball rolling. And once you give Donald Trump a little bit of room, he's going to blow a fucking hole through that wall and just run right through it. And so for the rest of the night, Trump felt like he interrupted me. I'm going to interrupt him. And when he lies about me, I'm going to interrupt him. And when he lies about all the other things that he's going to lie about, because Joe Biden definitely had several, I, I don't even want to call them lies because that would imply that he has the knowledge to know that they were lies, but definitely several mistruths throughout the course of this debate. But here's Trump. Like I said, this is his second two-minute uninterrupted period of time to speak, and then Joe Biden jumping all over it with both feet. Four years. We're not elected for three years. I'm not elected for three years. So we have the Senate. We have a president He's elected to the next during election. that period of time. During that period of time, we have an opening. I'm not elected for three years. I'm elected for four years. The and the hundred million people, Joe, the hundred million people is totally wrong. I don't know where you got that number. The bigger problem that you have is that you're going to extinguish 180 million people with their private health care, that they're very That's happy That's simply with. not true. Well, you're that certainly going that. to socialist. You're going to socialist. We're now into, gentlemen, we're now into open discussion. Open discussion. Open. So that's the first of many times where Wallace steps in to save Biden. And you'll notice, as we get throughout this, you'll feel like almost every segment ends with Donald Trump in full mount on top of Joe Biden, raining blows down on him, and then the referee steps in to save him. And I didn't really put this together the first time, but having gone back through this, now Trump is perpetually trying to get in the last word, so that needs to be said. 
and he even forces in the last word at the very end of the debate here. But he's constantly trying to get the last word in. Wallace is trying to maintain some level of order, but it always seems to be, as you'll notice several times throughout the course of all the clips that I'm going to play for you here, that Wallace is jumping in to stop the the blows. It's basically, if this was an MMA fight, it would be the ref stepping in to call the fight, essentially, because the one person is just raining headshots down on the other person who is laying there, barely protecting themselves, and that was unfortunately for Joe, him in this case, getting his head beat in. This was not the first example of it. This wasn't even a particularly good example of it, but they were talking about healthcare. I feel like that's important to talk about, so let me do that. Biden, on one hand, is claiming that Trump has already cost 10 million people their job, uh, their health insurance, which, technically speaking, they lost their health insurance under Donald Trump. Yes, they lost their health insurance because they lost their jobs because of the lockdowns from the pandemics, which were largely implemented by the left-wing radical Democrat governors and are still being implemented by many of them to this day, even though we most certainly have a better handle on the virus than we did at the very beginning. Biden, as we'll talk about later, still wants to shut down cities in the event that there's even a, a an inkling of a possibility that this thing has a second surge, and then in the same breath will blame Trump for the economy, which is the direct result of the lockdowns, which is the direct result of the China virus. Not enough China virus in this debate, that much I will say. Could have used a little bit more of that Don. Okay, so that's healthcare. That's that's Biden's argument against Trump is that these 10 million people have lost their insurance. Another 20 million people will lose their insurance if we get rid of the Affordable Care Act. Unfortunately, look, I, I mean, there's no sh way to sugarcoat this. Those 20 million people should have never had insurance to begin with. As a licensed health insurance and life insurance, for that matter, producer, I could tell you how insurance works. And it works based on the probability that the insurance company will have to pay out on the insurance. You pay a premium. That premium is calculated based on the likelihood that the insurance company will have to pay out. If you have a pre-existing condition and are frequenting docu doctors, the insurance company is all but certainly going to be paying out probably more than it takes in, which is why it needs to charge either much higher premiums or not insure people at all. The Affordable Health Care, uh, the Affordable Care Act, I'm sorry, stepped in and basically removed powers from the insurance company to properly price products, which is why rates have gone up for the rest of us, even the young and even the healthy. Obama's plan insured all of these people on our dime. If you want to pay for somebody else's health insurance, I'm not stopping you. I'm just saying don't reach into my pocket. On the other end of the spectrum, Donald Trump is suggesting that Joe Biden, who is inevitably going to push towards some sort of socialized medicine, even though the Biden plan as it stands right now is a boogeyman, a Trojan horse to try to make it look like he's more moderate than he actually is. But we all know that he's chosen the most radical left wing senator to be his vice president. And Joe is not the Democrat Party as he makes the claim throughout the course of this. As a matter of fact, he will probably be the Democrat Party for all of five minutes once, if he, God forbid, gets elected, before they start pulling out the 25th Amendment to get him out of there so that they can get Kamala Harris in there and push the radical agenda that no one voted for. So that's healthcare, And that was our first real back and forth for the night. It gets much better. And let's roll in to our second clip. If Senate Republicans, we were talking originally about the Supreme Court here, if Senate Republicans go ahead 
and confirm Justice Barrett. Uh, there has been talk about ending the filibuster or even packing the court, adding to the nine justices there. You call this a distraction by the president, but in fact, it wasn't brought up by the president. It was brought up by some of your Democratic colleagues in, well, the, saying, in the Congress. So my question to you is, you have refused in the past to talk about it. Are you willing to tell the American people tonight whether or not you will support either ending the filibuster or packing the court? Whatever position I take on that, that'll become the issue. The issue is the American people should speak. You should go out and vote. You're in voting now. Vote and let your senators know how you strongly you feel. Court? Let Vote now. Are you pack the Make court? sure you, in fact, let people know you're a senator. I'm not going to answer the question. Why because, would you answer that because question? Because the you question is, the question Supreme is, the radical question, left. Will you who shut is up, on, man. Listen, who is on your list, Joe? This Who's is on your so right. Gentlemen, is, I think this we've is ended so this. unprecedented. We have ended this segment. We're going to move on to the second segment. And there's Wallace stepping in again to make the save for Biden. Why won't he answer the question? Well, he won't answer the question because the answer is yes, he is willing to pack the courts. The fact that anybody thinks they could run for the president of the United States and give a non-answer and then make an excuse for their non-answer being, well, if I say something, then that's going to become a big issue. Motherfucker, you are running to be the most powerful man in the world. We should know where you stand on these issues. If you're going to pack the court, just fucking say so. If you think it's such a great idea, which clearly your party, you know, the party that you say you are the party now, your whole party thinks this is a great idea. They thought it was a great idea back when FDR tried to do it back in the 30s. By the way, I thought the party switched. Why are y'all so fucking obsessed with FDR? Anyway, Joe Biden refuses to answer the question. He refuses to even put out a list of who he might nominate if given the opportunity to nominate, which he won't have because Trump is going to ram Amy Coney Barrett through. And that is actually where the conversation started on the debate for the night. So let's take a little bit of a bunny hop here. We'll go back a couple steps. Chris Wallace opened up asking about the two sides of the whether or not we should nominate Amy Coney Barrett argument. The Democrats suggest that the people should decide. And Donald Trump says, yeah, they fucking did. And they did. They decided in 2016 when they elected Donald Trump that they wanted him to be the one who selects Supreme Court nominees for the next four years. And in 2018, when they maintained a Senate majority for the Republicans who get to nominate or get to, I'm sorry, approve Donald Trump's nomination for the Supreme Court. The people did speak, Joe, just because we're in the middle of an election doesn't negate the previous election. As Trump says, I was elected for four years, not three years. I was elected, I was elected for four years, not three years, Joe. You get it? Can you count to four? Maybe that's your problem. And maybe it is. But so they got into this whole thing about the Supreme Courts and Trump Look, the big thing that got pulled away from that, if you were following social media, was tr was Biden telling Trump, shut up, man. As a matter of fact, hashtag shut up, man, was trending. But lost in all of that for some fucking reason was the fact that, that Joe Biden refuses to answer a question about a crucial issue as we are heading less than a month away from the presidential election. And his excuse is even more pathetic than his inability to just answer the goddamn question. Oh, well, if I... If I say something, then that'll be a thing. Yeah, you're running for president. All of your stances on all issues are important for us to know. 
and he refuses to answer several questions throughout the course of the night. Unlike Donald Trump, who I'm pretty sure answered questions he wasn't even fucking asked, but definitely answered all of the questions he was asked and did not dodge them or evade them or refuse to do anything, as we will talk about, and I'm sure many of you already know what I'm hinting at. Anyway, let's head in to clip three. They are now talking about COVID. Trump, I believe, gets the first word here, or at least he does in this clip. Donald, take it away, sir. If we would have listened to you, the country would have been left wide open. Millions of people would have died, not 200,000, and one person is too much. It's China's fault. It should have never happened. They stopped it from going in, but it was China's fault. And by the way, when you talk about numbers, you don't know how many people died in China. You don't know how many people died in Russia. You don't know how many people died in India. They don't exactly give you a straight count, just so you understand. But if you look at what we've done, I closed it and you said he's xenophobic. He's a racist and he's xenophobic because you didn't think we should have closed our country. Wait a minute. It says two minutes. You didn't think we should have closed our country because you thought it was too, it was terrible. You wouldn't have closed it for another two months. By my doing it early, in fact, Dr. Fauci said, President Trump saved thousands of lives. Many of you, a Democrat governor, said President Trump did a phenomenal job. We worked with the governor. Oh, really? Go take a look. The governor said I did a phenomenal job. Most of them said that. In fact, people that would not be necessarily on my side said that. President Trump did a phenomenal job. We did. We got the gowns. We got the masks. We made the ventilators. You wouldn't have made ventilators. And now we're weeks away from a vaccine. All right. That's uh, um, I think I'm just sick of the vaccine talk. I mean, it's all very pie in the sky. Most people aren't going to take it anyway. We have therapeutics that work, though, and that really should be the focus of the Trump campaign. And I'm frankly ashamed of them for not hammering that home. But maybe they don't want to bring up the whole hydroxychloroquine again. I don't know. I mean, that's an argument they'll win 100 times out of 100 if people actually look at the science and listen to the actual doctors. But maybe it's just a fight not worth fighting anyway. So you got Biden interrupting him and Chris Wallace having to admonish him. You've got Trump saying that they would have waited months for the travel ban and that Biden called him a xenophobe when he instituted it at the end of January. That is true. The World Health Organization did not suggest travel bans until almost until more than a month later almost two months if i'm not mistaken i believe they still had a suggestion not to put travel bans in place towards the end of march i could not find that clip but i'm fairly certain i found that at some point in time and could not re-google it so at the bare minimum the latest date i could find in my research was february 29th the world health organization was still discouraging travel bans and Joe Biden is very much a part of the machine, the globalist network, and would have definitely listened to the World Health Organization every step of the way, which means that at least another month would have passed where people were coming into this country potentially infected with COVID-19. If another month went by, can you imagine how much worse it would be right now? Another full month of people just free, willy-nilly coming in and out of the country potentially infected with this disease. It's already bad now. It could have been so much worse and would have been under Joseph Robinette Biden. Also, Trump lays out everything that they did, all of the expectations, all of the governors, many of which were left-wing, Gavin Newsom, Andrew Cuomo, Phil Murphy, all of these governors, all these radical left-wing lunatic governors that most of us with you know functioning brain cells just despise and cannot wait until they're no longer in office, including President Trump for that matter. He 
is not friends with these people, and they are on the record saying multiple times that anytime they needed to deal with the federal government, they got exactly what they needed, oftentimes got more than what they needed in terms of ventilators, in terms of New York, they sent a fucking ship, they converted the whole Javits Center, they were ready to go, they had all of the resources possible, and still to this day, you cannot point to a single COVID death that is the result of lack of resources. There's been beds, there have been PPE, there have been vents, there have been everything anyone's needed up to this point has been provided. Joe Biden would have done no better and probably would have done much, much worse. That 2.2 million number that gets thrown around from the IHME study or whatever it was that was originally being projected at 2.2 million losses of life in the United States is now hovering at around 200,000 with no signs of any anywhere approaching the original 2.2 million number. So it can be said that Donald Trump saved almost 2 million lives, and granted that number will come down because people are still passing away from this, but... He saved plenty of lives. Fauci said he saved plenty of lives. It's apparent that the travel ban saved lives. Joe Biden called him a xenophobe. So it's fairly safe to assume that Joe Biden would not have acted on a travel ban as early as Donald Trump, unless, of course, he thinks that he's a xenophobe. But let's move on. They're going to continue on to Biden attacking the Trump new and downplayed the virus argument. This has only been debunked to high hell. But we're going to let Biden take a stab at it. Sleepy Joe, go. He's on record as saying it. He panicked or he just looked at the stock market. One of the two, because guess what? A lot of people died and a lot more are going to die unless he gets a lot smarter, a lot quicker. So, Mr. President, did you use the word smart? Uh, so you said you went to Delaware State, but you forgot the name of your college. You didn't <laughs> go to so. Delaware State. You graduated either the lowest or almost the lowest in your class. Don't ever use the word smart with me. Don't ever use that word. Oh, give me a break. Because you know what? There's nothing smart about you, Joe. 47 years, you've done nothing. Well, let's have this debate. And if we'll you would have had, let me just tell you something, Joe. No, if you would have had the charge of what I was put through. I had to close the greatest economy in the history of our country. And by the way, now it's being built again. You see, and it's going to get to the fast. economy in the next segment, sir. Okay. There's nothing smart about you, Joe. <laughs> okay. This was one of those Trump liners. If there was a group of, if there was a crowd, people would have gone nuts. Now, there were some people in attendance, some family members, the Trump family, a few, I believe Colby Covington was there. I think I saw him sit behind Don Jr., which is kind of hilarious. Uh, and then, Actually, at the beginning of the night, there were some technical difficulties, uh, and they were kind of panning around the crowd. You could see Jill Biden sitting, Jill Biden sitting in the front row, crying. Uh, you could see Don Jr. kind of like looking around, very perplexed, like what's going on exactly? Because it did take him a couple minutes to start, and then once they did start, they cut to Chris Wallace sitting live at the desk, who was completely unaware he was on air for a good forty-five to sixty seconds, and was just kind of looking through his teleprompter notes or whatever it was. And uh, and then was like, oh, um, somebody clearly mentioned in his ear, like, you're live, pal. And uh, and he looks up and, and started the show. So it was a rocky start as well as a rocky debate. But, um, yeah, Joe Biden is not particularly smart. For all of the reasons that I laid out in my previous segment of commentary here, Joe Biden would have absolutely, if he was in office, would have seen a much larger loss of life than Donald Trump did, who acted swiftly and in accordance with the professionals, the experts, every step of the way, many of which have been wrong about things. But again, I ask you, who would you like to have making the decisions, Donald Trump 
or the actual experts. I'll take the experts more times than not, even though Trump did manage to kind of, I guess, subvert them in a positive way because he was right in places where they were wrong and acted in according to his gut instinct. One of those things being the travel ban, even though Fauci was involved in that, the World Health Organization was saying, no, 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 you're not supposed to do this. He said, fuck you, you lie for China, and we're just going to go ahead and do what we're going to do. And it saved hundreds of thousands, if not millions of lives Joe Biden would not have done these things. And he certainly wouldn't have deregulated to allow more tests and more PPE to be created. He probably would have used the Defense Protection Act, which would have just forced companies to do exactly what the president wants them to do at that moment in time, which may very well have resulted in more losses of jobs as companies would have been forced essentially to revamp everything, probably with some uh, subsidy from the government in order to do so. But when you have to completely against your own will, change all of your operations, there's a good chance that you're going to have to lay off some people because they're probably not equipped to do the new job that you're being tasked to do. Not to mention that your company may very well be irreparably damaged by having to do that. When you do it voluntarily, you can make it work for you. When you got to do it by the you know point of a gun from the government, it's a very different story. Trump was very hesitant to use the DPA, and I think we got the maximum results. Anyway, this is sort of a, a trend with Trump is that the Democrats seem to think that they can legislate everything to be exactly the way they want it to be, and it never actually works out that way. But then when Trump reverses some of their legislation and some of their policies, some of their regulations, and still gets those results, he gets no credit for it, and they just pretend that it's not happening. We'll talk about that actually with climate change a little bit later on. So next up is the economy. President Trump has the first word here, at least according to my clips, but that may not necessarily be the case. And he's making the case that Joe Biden wants to close down our country, which is weird because Joe Biden was just blaming Trump for the recession, if you even want to necessarily call it that, which is a result of the lockdowns, which is obviously a reaction to the China virus. But uh, Joe now wants is is willing to shut things down but is blaming Trump for the economy tanking which pretty much only happened because of the shutdown. It's a very weird place Joe Biden finds himself in, but then again he probably doesn't know where he is. So let's move on to Donald Trump talking about Joe Biden's future potential shutdowns. He wants to shut down this country oh. and I want to keep it open. And we you did a great thing just by shutting it, shut it down. Wait a minute, Joe. <laughs> let me, let me shut you down for a second, Joe, just for one second. We want to, he wants to shut down the country. We just went through it. We had to because we didn't know anything about the disease. Now we found that elderly people with heart problems and uh, diabetes and different problems are very, very vulnerable. We learned a lot. Young children aren't. Uh, even younger people aren't. We've learned a lot. But he wants to shut it down. More people will be hurt. By continuing, if you look at Pennsylvania, if you look at certain states that have been shut down, they have Democrat governors all. One of the reasons they're shut down is because they want to keep it shut down until after the election on yeah. November 3rd. Because it's a political thing. It's a political thing. It's very strange to me that no one has seemed to figure out that all of this talk about opening schools back up and lockdowns, phase threes or phase fours, all seem to be, oh, we're, we'll talk about it in November. I thought we were in the middle of flu season. This was going to be this big deal all of a sudden. And it may very well be. I'm not going to poo-poo it. Certainly, I've underestimated the, the woo flu up to this point to a certain extent, or at least I did early on. Here we are 
everybody seems to be ready and willing and able to open right after the election. Gee, wonder what that timing's all about. It's definitely political. In a lot of cases, the science is certainly not there to suggest that your schools should still be shut down. Uh, the science is overwhelming that there are not massive breakouts in the schools that are open. They have not occurred in many of the countries that have had schools open most of the time. Children are not the super spreaders that they were telling us that they were going to be, that frankly they are with virtually every other disease. But in this particular case, they're not. And even adults are not getting it from the kids at an even noticeable rate. And for all we know, those adults are just passing it back and forth between themselves and aren't getting it from kids. We haven't necessarily put together a control for that yet, at least that I'm aware of. But let me just shut you down for one second, Joe. Just one second. <laughs> I, I fucking lost it. Okay, I was in a room with a bunch of right-wingers, bunch of Trump supporters. We were having a good old time with this thing. I definitely needed to sit down and watch it by myself to kind of get... Um, you know, a more objective up, you know, I guess perspective on it because everybody in the room was just going nuts. Um, and it was hilarious. But when he said, I'm just going to shut you down, Joe, right now, real quick, one second, don't worry. It was, <laughs> I'm just going to shut you down real quick. It was brilliant. Hey, he wants to be shut down, Joe. He just got shut down, Joe. So uh, that was that. Let's move on to our next clip, which is actually going to be a mystery to me as well. I'm just rolling with it. Let's see what these old fogies have to say. Asking you a question. Will you tell us how much you paid in federal income taxes in 2016 and 2017? Millions of dollars. You paid millions of dollars? Millions in, of dollars. So yes. not 700 Millions of dollars. And you'll get to see I, it. I, and you'll get to when? see it. But and let me Shalom? just tell you, Chris, let me just say something that it was the tax laws. I don't want to pay tax. Before I came here, I was a private developer. I was a private business people. Like every other private person, unless they're stupid, they go through the laws, and that's what it is. He passed a tax bill that gave us all these privileges for depreciation and for uh, tax credits. We build the building and we get tax credits like the hotel on Pennsylvania Avenue. You get okay. a massive, which, by the way, was given to me by the Obama administration, if you can believe that. Now, the man got fired no, 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 no. right after that happened. But Vice President Biden, you want to respond? Yeah, I do want to respond. Look, the tax code that made him, the, put him in a position that he pays less tax than a school teacher makes, on the money a school teacher makes, is because of him taking, he says he's smart because he can take advantage of the tax code. And he does take advantage of the tax code. That's why I'm going to eliminate the Trump tax cuts. And we're gonna, we're, I'm going to eliminate those tax okay. cuts and make sure that we invest in the people who, in fact, need the help. All right, so the tax thing. We knew this was going to come up, right? It was the big bombshell story that the New York Times leaked that apparently Donald Trump has only paid $750 in federal income tax for the years 2017 and 2016, which I believe is where the records that they obtained illegally um, end. I think they got 2000 to 2017. The last numbers they gave were 2016, 2017. Apparently, Trump only paid $750 in federal income tax. Yes, that may very well be true. Here's some also some other things to consider. In their own reporting, they mention that Donald Trump had enough losses and enough credits to offset all of his income tax for those years 
and he still paid the 750 So Donald Trump proving me wrong once and for all. Apparently, people are volunteering to pay extra taxes, and their name is Donald Trump. Weird, right? So, yeah, $750 is not millions of dollars like he just said. That said, Donald Trump is a head of a corporation. His salary when he was working for said corporation was tied into the company, and he can pay his taxes that way. There's plenty of people. Anybody out there who owns an S-Corp or an LLC, you can run your your uh, salary through the corporation, and instead of paying a federal income tax, you pay the corporate tax, which is lower and something he is well within his right to do, and many people do do that. As a matter of fact, I believe Joe Biden and Jill Biden were running their income from their speeches that they make because political speeches are literally the only thing that the, either one of them contribute to society, and that is how they got something to the tune of $750,000 a year uh, in salary, but also had all of this other money that they were wiring through the corporations that they declared as profits in order to avoid taxes. Another problem for Joe is that he says Donald Trump is taking advantage of the tax code, which is what literally every intelligent human being who values the money that they have and earn does. H&R Block is a thing. Accountants are things. They are out there specifically to look through the tax code and ensure that you pay the lowest amount of taxes possible. Now, the problem for Joe in this case is that Trump was right. Joe Biden was in the Senate when a lot of these tax codes were passed that enabled him to take, quote, advantage of the tax code. That's a real problem for Joe because he seems to think that he can undo all of that by repealing Trump's tax cuts, which have nothing to do with Donald Trump's income, particularly in 2016, because the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act didn't go into force until 2017. Also, nothing in any of that, in the language in that particular bill, gives Donald Trump the rights to do the things that he was doing in order to offset some of his loss, offset some of his taxes with some of his losses and pay less than he would otherwise have paid. He also was getting credits, which Donald Trump points out he got from the Obama administration, weirdly enough, to build the now infamous Trump Hotel on Pennsylvania Avenue. He got a tax credit for that, which meant that he got to offset that credit against his federal income tax, which means that the Obama administration personally handed him a coupon for his taxes, telling him, here, you get to pay less taxes now. But now it's all of a sudden this terrible thing. So Trump probably did pay millions of dollars in corporate tax, which encompass what would have otherwise been his federal income tax. He also paid $750 of federal income tax. He apparently didn't actually need to pay, according to even the New York Times' reporting. So Joe Biden cannot find any illegality about anything that Trump did, doing the exact same thing himself while pretending that Trump is so terrible, being responsible for writing some of the tax codes that Donald Trump has taken advantage of, and his solution to that is to get rid of Donald Trump's tax cuts, which benefited most Americans— more than most Americans, something along, something to the tune of 80% of Americans, those people will now have their taxes raised in order for Joe Biden to prove some false point about how this tax cut had something to do with Donald Trump, if not evading, but avoiding taxes. By the way, tax avoidance is one of our national pastimes. Tax evasion probably is too, but that one will get you thrown in jail. Don't evade taxes. Pay Uncle Sam. He will come for you. Just pay the man what you have to 
and not a penny more, unless you're Trump and you can afford to throw away $1,500 over the course of two years. Personally, I can't even do that. But if he's looking to just give away $1,500 over the course of two years, Donnie, hit your boy up. I'll happily take that $750 a year just for being wonderful, I suppose. All right, so let's get back into more tax talk right after I cut off Joe Biden there. Trump jumps in on him, and he's got this to say. Why didn't you do it over 20, uh, the no, last no, no, 25 wait, no, years? No, because you weren't president, you because you weren't president screwing no, no, things no, no. up. You were a senator. And You're the, the worst way, you president vice... America has ever had. Hey, hey, Come Joe, on. Let me, let me just tell you, Joe. I've done more in, in 47 months. I've done more than you've done in 47 years, Joe. We've done things that you never even thought of doing, okay. including Gentlemen, fixing the broken military that you gave me, let's, including let's, taking care of we're your talking, vets. Mr. President, we're talking about the economy. I'd like to... And we're up to Chris Wallace save number three there. Honestly, the first time through, I didn't even really notice this, but it seems like every round, if you were to look at every segment as a round, like this is a fight of some sort, every round ends with the bell ringing, Trump raining blows down on Biden, and the ref diving on top of Biden going, no, stop it. That's not, that's not a great trait to have if you're going to try to be the leader of the free world is that you need to be saved by the moderator of the first presidential debate that you're in. And this is probably, I mean, Chris Wallace is probably, weirdly enough, the most pro-Trump moderator, if there is such a thing, which there isn't. They, they go out of their way to find people that are pretty much down the middle as hard as they are to find. Chris Wallace is one of those people. He's not my favorite journalist, certainly, but if you are a Republican desperately looking to avoid a hard question when you go on Fox News, you don't sit across from Chris Wallace. And Donald Trump knows this, and he knew that coming into this, and he, he knew it when he sat down for multiple interviews with Chris Wallace over the course of his presidency, but he continues to do it. I don't know why. Same reason he has Bob Woodward in the White House, I guess. I don't, I don't understand these things, but hey, I don't pretend to know everything, right? I mean, I just know most things. Donald Trump, 47 months he has done more than Joe Biden has done in 47 years. This was a brilliant line. He should have echoed this. It should have been the period at the end of every sentence. And I'll do it because I've done more in 47 months than Sleepy Joe has done in 47 years. By the way, you'll notice Trump never calls him Sleepy Joe. He did tell him he wasn't smart, obviously, and he did say at one point that he graduated at the bottom of your class or something along those lines. But Joe Biden told him to shut up, called him a racist, said he was the worst president this country's ever had, called him a clown, and then immediately regretted it. Joe, if you're going to call him a clown, you got to fucking go with it, man. There's nothing worse than saying something like that and then like looking, then you got this bitch face on your face. Oh, I shouldn't have said that. No, you should have said that. Frankly, Trump was acting like a fucking clown in that moment. He was 100% right. But Trump is just a rabid animal, man. And it was definitely his strategy to just keep punching at Joe and keep punching at Joe. And let's see if we can knock him off his game. Let's make him so scared that he doesn't even want to come back for a second or a third debate, which many people in the media are calling for Joe to do because they say, I think it was Allison Camerata, said verbatim, it was a shit show on CNN. They're on cable. Apparently they could say that. I don't, I don't obviously have any fucking issue with profanity, but it is funny to watch these people who pretend that they're so much holier than thou fall right into the abyss as soon as Donald Trump enters the conversation because they are just so triggered they can't control themselves anymore. But I really hope they do talk Joe Biden into not doing any more debates. As much as I really want to see this, can you imagine the fucking tirade Donald Trump is going to go on if Joe Biden backs out of these debates? I wouldn't want to debate me either. He learned the first time. 
You don't want to go. You can't go toe-to-toe to be the man. Woo! You got to beat the man. And <laughs> Donald Trump is Ric Flair is the greatest thing ever. Um, woo! All right. Had to get that one out of my system. So please cancel those debates because Trump's promos there might be better than the next two debates will be. Again, I'm not I'm not super optimistic about the next couple of debates because, like I said, Chris Wallace is probably the most Trump-friendly, if there is such a thing, of the three moderators. Apparently, the next moderator is a former Joe Biden intern. That's not at all a conflict of interest, obviously. It's amazing the shit they get away with because no one fucking calls them out on it. And no one on their own side will call them out on it. I just called Donald Trump a clown like a fucking minute ago. That's not something you hear from most right-wingers. It's certainly not most right-wing Trump supporters, particularly loudmouth ones with fucking podcasts. Anyway, so they they just, they're all a joke. Joe Biden's a joke, and sometimes even Trump's a joke. Welcome to the punchline. So, all right, let's move on to the next segment here. I'm going to listen to it along with you guys. Let's go. Obama's, you talk about the economy booming. It turns out that in Obama's final three years as president, More jobs were created, a million and a half more jobs than in the first three years of your presidency. They had the slowest recovery since 19 economic recovery since 1929. It was the slowest recovery. Also, they took over something that was down here. All you had to do is turn on the lights and you pick up a lot. But they had the slowest economic recovery since 1929. Let me tell you about the stock market. When the stock market goes up, that means jobs. It also means 401ks. If you got in, if you ever became president with your ideas, you want to terminate my tax, my taxes, I'll tell you what, you'll lose half of the companies that have poured in here will leave and plenty of companies companies that are already here. They'll leave for other places. They will. Don't fuck with Trump in the economy, man. He I mean, obviously built the world's greatest economy. Right. And he did it off of the back of anything but a booming economy. Certainly everything was on the upslope because Trump said it exactly right. If you start at the basically the basement, the trough of a fucking recession, and you show up, all you got to do is turn the lights on. Imagine if you took over an economy in April of 2020. Now, Trump is doing a lot of this, right? He's, he's out there talking about how all of these jobs are coming back, all these record numbers. Well, yeah, it's because they had nowhere to go but up. And the Obama administration, yeah, they went up, but they went up at the slowest rate they have ever gone up coming out of a recession since 1929, almost almost 90 years, essentially, 80 years, I guess, when they took over the economy, almost 80 years, we have never had a slower recovery from a recession. And Trump right again, the stock market going up does mean jobs and 401ks. And if Biden gets in there, he's going to ruin all of that for everybody. Their economic recovery was abysmal. Their job numbers are inflated because of just sheer circumstance. And when Trump took over, he reversed all of their policies and the economy shot up like a fucking rocket, little rocket man, like that. Exactly. Joe Biden will crush this economy. And I'm not saying that to scare you. I'm saying that because listen to the two of them talk. One of them knows what the fuck they're talking about. And the other one is pretending like they did a spectacular job when by every conceivable metric, they did a mediocre one at best. Yeah, we recovered, I guess. We, yay, good job, Joe. We, you got us out of the recovery as if the American economy wasn't eventually going to recover anyway. Unbelievable, man. So Trump just rolls him there. And let's let's go on to the next topic. What do we got? 
We have the highest deficit, trade deficit China with Mexico. China ate your lunch. All right, gentlemen. In, 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 China ate your lunch, no. Joe. And but, no wonder but, your son goes in and he takes out, he takes out no. billions of dollars, takes out billions of dollars to manage. He makes millions of dollars. And also, Simply while we're at true. it, why Simply is it, true. just out of curiosity, the mayor of Moscow's wife gave your son three and a half million dollars. What did he true. do to deserve it? That what did he do with Barista to deserve one hundred eighty-three thousand dollars? None of that is true. Not an Not none of that is true. Oh, really? Totally no, Mr. President. It's totally, Mr. President, please. Totally discredited. Totally discredited. And by the way, well, wait. He didn't get three and a half million dollars, Joe. Mr. Vice he got three Mr. And a half President, dollars. it is not true. Oh, really? Mr. Oh. President, you, it's, an, it's an open discussion, please. Now, you, you, it's a fact. I, well, There's, you have raised an issue. Let the been totally Vice President answer. Discredited. It, was it has not been totally discredited. Hunter Biden did receive a $3.5 million wire transfer from the, from the, I guess, the widow of the former mayor of Moscow, the wealthiest woman in Russia. Fact. He was on the board of Burisma Holdings, which is an energy company based out of the Ukraine. He had no experience in Ukraine, no experience in energy, and his father just so happened to be the vice president and in charge of that particular region's foreign policy. He was receiving almost $200,000 a month for that position, having no experience and barely ever showing up. He also received $1.5 billion from the Chinese government as a part of a deal that they made with him and his company, Bohai Harvest RST. None of this is discredited. None of this is really disputable. All of these things happen. There's paper trails. You can tell. He's still a part of Bohai Harvest, and they're still doing work with the Chinese government, who, by the way, ate Joe Biden's fucking lunch, as Donald Trump told you. This guy, I mean, if, if, if the economy... And, the, and foreign policy are two issues that you really care about. There's absolutely no way in hell you could possibly cast a ballot for Joe Biden. It just simply would be ridiculous, okay? Joe Biden has never, and the rock means ever, been on the right side of a foreign policy decision ever, ever. He didn't even want to go in to kill bin Laden. He has no clue to let him have the reins again of power on the foreign stage on the world stage, where Trump has done so much to get our NATO allies in line, to get the UN in line, to get out of Paris Climate Accords and Trans-Pacific Partnerships, to fight back against globalism, to help you know the UK and their efforts to get out of the EU, to help the relations between Serbia and Kosovo, the relations between South Korea and North Korea, the relations across basically the entire Middle East at this point. Donald Trump has been a foreign policy godsend. Joe Biden will reverse all of it and once again ruin it for everybody. And this time, he's not going to just ruin it for Americans, everybody. He's ruining it for probably the world, everybody. And that's if he ever actually gets any decision-making at any point along the way. That's if Kamala lets him off his leash. So, what do we got next? Ah, uh, yes, law and order. Perhaps even the special victims unit. Let's see. I don't think you have any law enforcement. You can't even say the word law enforcement, because if you say those words, you're going to lose all of your radical left supporters. And why aren't you saying those words, Joe? Why don't you say the words law enforcement? Because you know what? If they called us in Portland, we would put out that fire in a half an hour, but they won't do it because they're run by radical left Democrats. If you look at Chicago, if you look at any place you want to look, Seattle, 
They heard we were coming in the following day, and they put up their hands, and we got back Seattle. Minneapolis, we got it back, Joe, because we believe in law and order, but you don't. The top 10 cities and just about the top 40 cities are run by Democrats, and in many cases, radical left. And they've got you wrapped around their finger, Joe, to a point where you don't want to say anything about law and order. And I'll tell you what, the people of this country want and demand law and order, and you're afraid to even say it. All right. Now, in fairness to Biden, there was a point during this, and maybe it was in that clip, or maybe it was in one of these clips somewhere, I just want to make sure I don't miss it, is that he did say most police officers are good people and there are a few bad apples, which sounds an awful lot like what we've all been fucking saying since this whole fucking thing started. Where were you, Joe Biden? Seriously, that's I mean, that's what Trump has been saying since the beginning is that, yeah, there are some problems in the police. There's a few bad apples. There's some chokers. Some people choke. It's like a putt. If you're putting, sometimes you miss the putt. You choked. That's what happens. Except instead of missing a putt, you shot a black guy. It happens. Some people choke. All right. Now, obviously, he never said that, but he's right. Some people fold under the pressure. Was a golf putt necessarily the greatest example? No, but we all fucking know what he's talking about. Some people, when they're faced with adversity, do not handle it well. And some of these police officers are never really tested until they're tested. And that's when we find out. And not all of them pass. They choked. Yes, they choked. I get it. But yeah, law enforcement, big deal, right? We, we can use some of that in this country right now. And Joe Biden and his radical left buddies, they want to defund the police, even though he says he doesn't want to. He wants to, uh, you know, just wants to ignore Antifa and Black Lives Matter, Inc. It's a distinction and it's important. He just wants to ignore all that. But then he will, in the same breath, say he's for law and order. Well, here comes Donald Trump, good old D. Titty, rolling in with the kill shot. This one is going to sting Joe probably still has some ice on his chin after this one. Donald, do your thing, man. We need when they show up for a 9-11 call to have someone with them as a psychologist or psychiatrist to keep them from having to use force and be able to talk people down. We have to have community policing like we had before where the officers get to know the people in the communities. That's when crime went down. It didn't go up. It went down. And so we have to be engaged. That's not what they're perfect. talking about, that's, Chris. That's well, not what that, they're talking about. He's exactly, talking about defunding the that, police. That is not true. He doesn't have any what, law... Well, you, look, he has no law enforcement that's support. That's not true. Almost that's nothing. Not, that, look, oh, really, who do you have? Name one group that supports you. Name one group that came out and supported you. Go look, ahead. Look, think. We have time. We don't have time to do no, anything. No, no. All right. Name right, one folks, law enforcement folks. group that came well, I think, out and I supported you. Gentlemen, I think, gentlemen, I think I'm going to take back the there moderator's are, role. I don't think there and are And I want to get to... I don't think there are any either. Trump... Correct again. Chris Wallace, yet another save for Biden. I think that's number four, and that's just based on the clips from this particular program here. Also, Biden wants to send psychologists into the field while officers are out dealing with, what, domestic disputes with terrorists, with people holding others at gunpoint. Like, he wants to wheel an innocent civilian out into the middle of that, and he suspects that that's going to make things better somehow. Uh, You just need somebody to go out there and talk them down. Listen, contrary to popular belief, police officers are not looking for an excuse to pull their weapon and to fire it at anybody, especially not people of color. Do you have any idea what any of these officers go through? We've had officers that were in no way, shape, or form in the wrong at all, charged with murder, felony murder. Their lives are ruined. They're branded as white supremacists even though they don't have a racist bone in their body that we can tell. 
there is still not an ounce of evidence that Derek Chauvin was in any way, shape, or form acting out of racism, and yet the death of George Floyd is somehow turned into a race issue. There is not an iota of evidence that any of the officers involved in the death of Breonna Taylor were racist in any way, shape, or form, or targeting her because of her race. Zero evidence. This is somehow turned into a race issue. Kyle Rittenhouse, random-ass civilian, 17-year-old dumb-as-fuck kid with a gun in Kenosha, Wisconsin, shoots three people, none of which are people of color. He's branded a white supremacist. You have any idea what these people deal with? These people who have largely not done much wrong. Kyle Rittenhouse was in the wrong place at the wrong time, certainly. But in the moment, he acted in accordance with his rights, which is to defend himself against lunatics trying to shoot him or bash his head in with a skateboard. Same goes for the police. Should the police have been at Breonna Taylor's apartment late at night to execute a no-knock warrant? Maybe not. You can make that argument. We'll find out. The, the warrant is most certainly going to be scrutinized, but it wasn't executed as a no-knock warrant. They knocked. And then when they walked into the apartment, they were fired upon immediately. What what were they supposed to do? Oh, guys, you're black. You get this one. This one's on the house. And then we'll go sew up our officer who almost got shot in the femoral artery and could have very well bled out in the middle of that apartment. It is just crazy that anyone would think that people are willy-nilly running around shooting people as police officers if you took even a half of a second to realize a, all the paperwork they need to fill out. B, then they got to talk to their union rep. Then they got to take a couple days off of work to, to deal with the stress or whatever. Sometimes they have to talk with a counselor. They might even have to turn in their badge and gun for a couple of days. On top of that, their lives may very well be ruined socially, economically, and in every other conceivable way. But yet, there's some assumption out there that cops are just running around looking for an excuse to pull their gun from their holster, shoot somebody, and become the next Derek Chauvin. Sorry, there's not a huge Derek Chauvin fan club out there, and I'm pretty sure there's not a gaggle of idiots lining up to be the next one of him. As a matter of fact, I would suggest, and, and I will suggest, things like the Ferguson effect are what not only cost lives on the streets because police don't want to necessarily get involved in certain circumstances for the very reasons I just mentioned, but it costs black lives. It costs more black lives when police are not in these areas policing and when they're not policing because they're worried that they might be accused of racism while in the act of trying to save people's lives, particularly people of color, because let's face it, there's a lot of people of color in the areas where there's a lot of crime. It's not to say that that's a causation. It's, it's frankly not even really a correlation when you look at the data and the percentage of people of color that are committing crimes. But if those police are not in those areas because they're worried that they might end up in an altercation that's going to ruin their life, black lives are lost. Hispanic lives are lost. White lives are lost. All lives, well, I guess not all lives are lost. That would be a whole different story, but lives of all shapes, colors, and sizes are lost when police are not out there able to do their jobs. And will they swing and miss a few times? Will they choke? Yeah. Yeah, they will, like anyone else will. There's bad pilots. There's bad surgeons. There's bad police. Should we hold a higher standard for these people because they hold other people's lives in their hands? Yes. But let's not hold an impossible standard to these people. Otherwise, we're going to lose good people that want to work in these professions and are afraid that they're going to have their lives ruined. It was a bit of a tirade. I don't even know what this had to do with the debate. Let's get back into it. Next clip. You had never called for the leaders in Portland and 
in Oregon to call because and bring they, in the National Guard and knock well, off 100 days of riots. They can, in fact, take care of it if he just stay out of the way. Oh, Look here. Oh, really? Here, oh, really? Here's but the thing. That, uh, no, I that, sent sorry, in the no, wait, U.S. Marshals to get the killer no, of the young man in the middle of the street. They shot him. Uh, and for three Ms. days, President uh, Trump, Trump wouldn't Trump, do anything. I had to send in the U.S. Marshals. They Trump, took care of business. Go ahead, and, sir. And by the way, you know, his own former spokesperson said, you know, riots and chaos and violence help his cause. That's what this is all about. I don't know who said that. I do. Who? I think who? It, Kellyanne Conway. I don't think she said that. She said that. And so here's the, all right. but here's the point. All right, a couple things here. Fact check, true. Joe Biden got one. Kellyanne Conway did say that. Now, she was not saying that riots are good for the president in that, like, the riots are popular with his base. No, it's that the Democrats' lack of dealing with the riots has shown their hand, and it is good for Donald Trump because these fucking idiots have exposed themselves for the commie, lunatic, wannabe anarchists that they are, and that they're just... It's so funny. They're willing to let anarchy run free on their streets while simultaneously being fascist dictators. This is the first ever revolution being fought by the proletariat on behalf of the bourgeoisie. To quote my man Sam Tripoli, who doesn't know me, but I'm a huge fan of his. He, uh, he hosts the Tinfoil Hat Podcast and apparently listens to hashtag WLR on hackerhameen.podbean.com. You should too. Um... <laughs> Sam Tripoli has a shirt that it's a bunch, it's it's based on the Rage Against the Machine album cover, except it says Rage on behalf of the machine, and it's a bunch of people wearing I'm with her shirts and pussy hats and all that sort of stuff. That is what we're looking at here. We have a revolution taking place in our streets that is backed by every major corporation, that is being backed by half of the politicians in this country, that's being essentially covered up for... When they're not glorifying it, the meat by the media in this particular case, it's a shit show. Meanwhile, everybody recognizes the Klan is wrong. Everybody recognizes white supremacy is wrong. Everybody even recognizes the Proud Boys are a bunch of fucking idiots. Okay, I mean they're not particularly dangerous. Yes, a couple of them have been charged with crimes, but for the most part, it's just a bunch of dudes waving Gadsden flags in between circle jerks. These guys are not mainstream. They're not even relevant until, of course, they were made relevant during the course of this debate. And that clip is probably coming up in a minute here, but. Kellyanne Conway did make that statement. However, for Joe, he really got it wrong when he said that the police in those cities can get it done if Trump just gets out of the way. That is proven to be false. He had had to send in the federal troops, not even the federal troops. I'm sorry, I got to be very specific about this. He sent in federal law enforcement because these riots had gotten so far out of hand. Many of these governors were publicly saying, we don't want the troops, we don't want the, we don't want the federal law enforcement, we don't want the National Guard, and then behind their back, Lori Lightfoot in Chicago in particular, going to the president saying, hey, can you send us some of that federal law enforcement? We got some problems here. I just can't talk about them on camera. And he just went ahead and did it. He did out them because he's Trump. And uh, it, uh, another thing, the guy can't keep a secret. It's impossible for me to believe that people still actually think he's a Russian agent. <laughs> he would have been speaking in fucking Russian a long time ago on national television. Just say, oops, sorry. <laughs> da. Or whatever. I don't know. I don't know Russian. Uh, I know there's numbers in the language, which is just, just weird. But Trump sent in the federal law enforcement to dissipate some of these riots. They did dissipate. And then when he pulled them out, they immediately picked right back up again where there is local law enforcement that could probably handle this, but 
their their mayors and their governors are not allowing them to do it because their mayors and governors are all cut from the same ridiculous Democrat cloth as Joe Biden. Now, Chris Wallace was asking him at the beginning of that clip, why haven't you called the Democrat leaders of these places that are seeing these riots? Biden's response before the clip started was, I don't hold public office. Yeah, Joe, but you just made the statement that you are the Democrat Party. So wouldn't it not stand to reason that you have some semblance of influence over major Democrat politicians in this country, particularly in an election year when everybody's on the same page on your side of the aisle? We got to get rid of Trump. If you had picked up the phone and called Gretchen Whitmer and said, hey, maybe lighten up on these lockdowns a little bit. We might lose Michigan. Or call Gavin Newsom and it's like, hey, maybe we should lighten up on these lockdowns a little bit. Maybe we should actually do something about the people that are tearing up our cities. If you called the person, the mayor of Portland or the mayor of Seattle and said, like, look, shut this Chaz shit down. We got an election to win. I'm the Democrat Party now. He's not the Democrat Party. And he knows it. And everybody knows it. And that's why he didn't do things like that. Because if he were the Democrat Party, he would have done things like that, public office or no public office. He is the party, after all. They all hold office, right? Like Every every Democrat who's employed somewhere holds an office. If you're the Democrat Party, you have say over all of them. So you should probably use it, particularly when your cities are burning. And again, election year. Even I'll, I'll, I'll do the same thing I do with Biden as I do with Trump. I will attribute the worst possible motives and still assume a fairly decent outcome. I assume he's not completely trying to throw this election. So why wouldn't he if he thought it was a good idea to tamp down the violence and the rioting and the looting in these cities, pick up the phone and call any one of these governors, any one of these mayors and say, look, you guys got to do everything you can to get this under control because Trump keeps using it as a bludgeon to beat me over the head with. And it would be nice if I can make Donald pick one of his many other things to hit me over the head with because this one is starting to get a little bit more irritating because it's avoidable. All you got to do is call these people and say, look, get your federal, get your law enforcement together, call in the National Guard, do what you got to do, get these idiots off the streets, let, you know, let's put these fires out, let's get these businesses back open. It's probably too late for so many of them, but, you know, election years, politics, we got we to let... The revolution live on. Viva la resistance. I don't know, I just felt like saying it. La resistance lives on. All right, South Park, go watch the movie. And then watch the pandemic special this week. It was awesome. If you're looking for a laugh, COVID-related laughs at that, even politically-related laughs. Honestly, South Park is the most brilliant show ever, ever constructed. Just go watch it. It was, it was hilarious. It's a good hour. You will laugh. Your, your belly will hurt. Your sides will hurt. It, your face will hurt. I'm going to go back and watch it again probably when I'm done with this. Let's move on to the next clip because I think we are getting near the end here. And we've still got to talk about the the real issues, guys. Racism and climate change. Yeah, I'm being extraordinarily sarcastic. Let's, let's do this. Go ahead. They don't want to accept the National Guard. You have repeatedly we criticized the, the vice president for not specifically calling out Antifa and other left-wing extremist right. groups. But are you willing tonight to condemn white supremacists and militia groups sure. and to say that they need to stand down and not add to the violence in a number of these cities, as we saw in Kenosha and as we've seen in Portland? Sure, are you I'm prepared to, to do specifically that, do it? Well, I, go would ahead, say, I would say almost everything I see is from the left-wing, not from the right-wing. So what are you, what are you, you, what are you saying? I'm, I'm willing to do anything. I want to see well, peace. Then do it, sir. Say I'm, it. Do it. Say it. Do you want to call them 
What do you want to call them? Give me a name. Give me a white name. White supremacists and right like me to condemn? Proud white boys. supremacists and right Proud boys. boys. Stand back and stand by. But I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. Somebody's got to do something about Antifa and the left because this is not a right-wing problem. His this own is a left-wing. This is a left-wing problem. White supremacist. Antifa is an idea, not an organization. Oh, you got it. Not malicious. That's what oh, his. Really? So dumb. Okay. First and foremost, the FBI did not say it's an idea. The FBI said it's an ideology or a movement. Ideas in and of themselves are harmless. They require manifestation in order to actually cause harm. An idea is just a fucking, you know, a series of neurons far firing off. An ideology and a movement is what burns your cities to the ground, what throws firecrackers at police officers, what goes outside of politicians' houses and tries to, like, you know, intimidate their wives because they know that they're not there, yet they continue to do this sort of stupid shit. These people are terrorists. There's really no other way to look at it. They're using violence and intimidation to implement a political ideology. It is the very definition of terrorism, and it is, ironically enough, the very definition of fascism, which is why they continue to, to, to call themselves anti-fascists, even though it's obvious they're fascists. Black Lives Matter doesn't give a fuck about black lives, but they'll, they'll continue to call themselves Black Lives Matter. The Democrats, they call themselves liberal. They, they get, they're not even liberal. They're not even liberal. Liberal would imply some semblance of freedom. These are the idiots that want to lock you down, take your guns, tell you what to say. They want to control your lives. It's like the least liberal thing ever. They're not li liberals aren't liberal. Antifa isn't against fascism, and Black Lives Matter doesn't actually believe Black Lives Matter. If they did, they'd be burning down Planned Parenthoods, and they'd be focusing on really more social issues that cost way more Black Lives than police ever could or will. It's it's really just it's it's a sad state of Orwellian doublespeak that has just worked its way into the mainstream to the point to where like I can have a conversation with ten liberals I don't know that any of them would see anything that I'm just saying to you right now and go oh yeah no they it would just go whoosh right over their heads or they would call me a racist because their brains would start the short would start the short circuit as mine just did apparently it's 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 just a sad state of affairs in this country mind you. How many times does Donald Trump need to be fucking denouncing white supremacy and racism and bigotry? How many times does he need to do it? Is there a certain way he needs to say it? Is there a language you'd prefer him say it in? I assume that'd be cultural appropriation, but how about a two-minute mega clip of Donald Trump just repeatedly denouncing bigotry, racism, I mean, name it. Like he said, name it. T tell me who you want me to condemn. Also, by the way, in the clip there, Wallace says, are you willing to condemn white supremacy? He says, sure. Are you willing to do these groups? Sure, I'm willing to do whatever. I want peace. Now, mind you, if this is the first time you've heard Donald Trump be asked this question, you're probably wondering, why didn't he just outright say it? Well, the problem is, this isn't the first time, or even the thousandth time, he's been asked this stupid question. And even after this debate, where he said it three times in that clip, sure, sure, and yeah, I'm willing to do whatever. On top of that, the next day, he corrected it made it as clear as it could conceivably be. They just ignored that, and then they asked Kaylee McEnany about it at the press conference today. We're just going to keep doing this over and over and over again because no matter how he says it, how many times he says it, or how many policies he implements that are not racist, they will, and for that matter, have helped many people of color, and, and I mean, Opportunity Zones, the First Step Act, and increased, and for that matter, permanent funding for 
historically black colleges and universities. These are not the types of things that racists do. They don't also, they don't date women of color, which Donald Trump has done at least once in, in over the course of his history. They don't tend to be popular amongst the hip-hop crowd. Over 200 rap songs have mentioned Donald Trump in a positive manner prior to him running for the presidency of the United States. He's been he's been acknowledged by the Rainbow Push Coalition, by the NAACP. Again, if he's the if he's a racist, he is the worst racist ever. But once and for all, let me put this to bed. Here is that supercut of Donald Trump just basically taking a shit all over racism. Here you go. While we may be a nation divided on policies, we are a country that stands united in condemning hate and evil in all of its very ugly forms. We condemn in the strongest possible terms this egregious display of hatred, bigotry, and violence on many sides. As I said on Saturday, we condemn in the strongest possible terms this egregious display of hatred, bigotry, and violence. It has no place in America. Racism is evil. And those who cause violence in its name are criminals and thugs, including the KKK, neo-Nazis, white supremacists, and other hate groups that are repugnant to everything we hold dear as Americans. And you had people, and I'm not talking about the neo-Nazis and the white nationalists, because they should be condemned totally. The vile, hate-filled poison of anti-Semitism must be condemned and confronted everywhere and anywhere it appears. There must be no tolerance for anti-Semitism in America or for any form of religious or racial hatred or prejudice. We must never ignore the vile poison of anti-Semitism or those who spread its venomous creed. With one voice, we must confront this hatred anywhere and everywhere it occurs. Our entire nation mourns the loss of life, prays for the wounded, and stands in solidarity with the Jewish community. We forcefully condemn the evil of anti-Semitism and hate, which must be defeated. In one voice, our nation must condemn racism, bigotry, and white supremacy. These sinister ideologies must be defeated. Hate has no place in America. Hatred warps the mind, ravages the heart, and devours the soul. We good? Chris, looking at you. Yeah, Chris Wallace. Yeah, you. You good? Because you really should have fucking known better. Why, you might be asking? Well, because Chris Wallace asked him this same fucking question four years ago as he was the moderator for one of the Republican debates. He asked him almost the exact same question. So you would think he would have known the answer, not to mention you would think that somebody of the journalistic acumen of one Chris Wallace would have noticed any of those previous times that I just played for you in that supercut or any of the other times that didn't make the supercut because that supercut is actually sort of old. And there have been numerous times since then that Donald Trump has denounced racism, bigotry, white supremacy, white nationalism in all forms. He deplores it. It's deplorable one could say, but not in the cute sort of I hate Hillary Clinton way. Here is Donald Trump answering Chris Wallace's question in 2016. I totally disavow 
the Ku Klux Klan. I totally disavow David Duke. I've been doing it now for two weeks. This is you're probably about the 18th person that's asked me the question. It was very clear. That question was also talked about in the form of groups. Groups. I want to know which groups are you talking about? You have to tell me which groups. Ultimately, he got to the Ku Klux Klan, which obviously I'm going to disavow. And by the way, if you look on my Twitter account, almost immediately after the program, they were disavowed again. You know, it's amazing. When I do something on Twitter, everybody picks it up, goes all over the place. But when I did this one, nobody ever picks it up. Take a look at my Twitter account. And I they do. wonder why he tweets so goddamn much. They created this monster, folks. And now they got to live with it, and it's just driving them crazy. He has, at that point, had repeatedly, I don't know, 18 is the actual number, but he had repeatedly denounced the KKK and David Duke and white supremacy and all that stuff then. This was 2016. He had already had to do it multiple times over the course of that two-week period. They repeatedly repeatedly ignored it, kept asking him the same damn question. He puts it out on Twitter, and it apparently sunk in with at least some people. So now he's tweeting a lot. Gee, I wonder why. Could it be that the actual media seems to ignore anything that is convenient for Donald Trump or his cause? And social media, it's very, very hard for people to ignore what he's doing and how he says things and how he wants them said and how he wants the American people to feel about him. It's amazing. They created this monster. And now they're sitting around wondering, well, why does he tweet so much? Because you guys won't give him a fair shake. And it's his only main line to the American people. And they don't just stop there. They lie about him. They lie about his family. They lie about his companies. They lie about all this sort of stuff. They, they, they know no bounds. Fortunately for us, neither does Donald Trump. Here he is going after Hunter Biden pretty hard. Speaking of my son, the way you talk about the military, the way you talk about them being losers and being and, 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 and just being suckers. My son was in Iraq. He spent a year there. He got the, he got the Bronze Star. He got the Conspicuous Service Medal. He was not a loser. He was a patriot, and the people left behind oh, really? there were heroes. Really? And I resent Are you talking like about hell. Hunter? Are you talking about I'm Hunter? I'm talking about my son, Bo Biden. You're talking about I don't about know. Me. I don't know, Bo. I know Hunter. Yeah, Hunter, you know, got thrown, Hunter got thrown out of the military. He was thrown out, dishonorably discharged. That's not true. He wasn't dishonorably cocaine use. And he didn't have a job until you became vice president. Once you None became of that vice president, he made a fortune in Ukraine, in China, in Moscow, that is simply and various not other places. That is true. He my made a son, fortune. Gentlemen, my son, and he didn't have a job. My son, like a lot of people, like a lot of people we know at home, had a drug problem. He's overtaken it. He's 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 fixed it. He's worked on it, and I'm proud of him. But why I'm was he given tens son. of millions? All right, of but he wasn't given right. tens of millions. Of that is totally that's been totally discredited. We've already we've already been totally discredited. We both we've already been through this. I think the American people would rather hear about more substantial so subjects. Well, you know, as the Chris with the save again. All right. So we got a couple fact checks in there. Right. First and foremost, Donald Trump. It has not been proven in any way, shape or form that he called the past the the the, the dead soldiers uh, for the World War One memorial that he was at. He did not call them suckers and losers. There's no evidence of that. There have been 10 people who have gone on the record, said it never happened. The only people suggesting it did are four people who are hiding behind anonymous, you know, the, the an, an anonymous tag. They won't put their name to it. 
there's no reason to believe that the 10 people are in coordination lying and willing to put their name to it, but the four people in coordination are telling the truth and none of them are willing to put their name to it. That virtually never happens. Um, it, it would be very hard for me to believe that that is the case. Even if it did happen, there is still no actual evidence that it did. So Joe Biden completely talking out of his ass on that one. And Donald Trump was as well. Hunter Biden was removed from the military. He was not dishonorably discharged, which is a slightly more severe, I guess, level of being booted out of the military. That said, his father was a sitting senator. So it's it's conceivable that maybe he got slightly, you know, favorable treatment for being booted out of the military for being a coke addict. And, uh, and you know, I'm just pu putting all that in context. I don't believe he was actually dishonorably discharged. But let's talk about the mastery of Donald Trump. Ooh, buddy, this was the moment of the night for yours truly. This was masterful. Whoever prepped him on this, Rudy or fucking Chris Christie, whoever you are, this is perfect. Why is it perfect? Well, let's. what's happening here? Joe Biden is using a lie to spin the subject matter to his deceased son. God rest his soul, and thank you for your service. Really? Don't like Joe, think most of his family are scumbags. It appears the only one that wasn't was unfortunately taken from us. Went to Iraq for a year, got cancer, got a bronze star, got the conspicuous service medal, all of the stuff that Joe Biden just laid out, all of that is true. Bo Biden was a patriot. He was not a loser. He was not a sucker. He was a hero and an American hero at that. I really do salute him. God bless him. Joe Biden uses Bo Biden way too often in these political debates to try to get sympathy from people. He should have honestly tried to use it earlier on. Maybe he could have gotten Trump to, to slow down a little bit because then Trump would have looked like a real monster if he just kept going at him. But whoever came up with this strategy, because they knew, the Trump team knew, that Biden will at one point lean on the memory of his lost son to try to gain sympathy. He's done it in multiple debates up to this point. I don't know why he wouldn't have done it now. He definitely does it when the press on the occasions that they do actually ask him a hard question, he'll turn to Bo. He he likes to use this, and, and look, it's his, I'm sure he's legitimately upset that his son passed away, and I'm sure he does think all of those things, that he is a hero. He is. So I don't want to like, I don't want, I don't want to make it sound like he's being disingenuous, but I do want to point out that he does tend to go to this fairly often, and the Trump team knew he would do this. How do we pivot from Bo to something better? Oh, I don't know Bo, but I know Hunter. Are you talking about Bo? Because I know Hunter. And Hunter got kicked out of the military for being a coke addict, knocked up a stripper in Arkansas, pretended he wasn't the father, then pretended he was bankrupt in order not to pay child support, still working for that company that collected billions of dollars from the Chinese, by the way. All of this stuff, he could have just really, really hit home. But he, he got to the things that he wanted to get to. He got to Burisma. He got to the $3.5 million from China, from Russia. He got to the business dealings with China. I mean, we could do a whole debate about just with just Trump going after the Biden family. That does open up a little bit of room for Biden to attack his family. But here are two undisputed facts that Joe Biden will never, ever, ever be able to come back from if Donald Trump should say them out loud. One of them he did actually say at some point during this debate, which was my family lost a fortune by stepping away from the private sector and stepping into government. Him, Jared, Ivanka, all three of them could out be out in the corporate world making boatloads of money. Instead, they're here working on government salaries that they donate back to the government anyway. They lost a fortune, not to mention all of the bad press they've gotten over the years 
I, I assume that, that Donald Trump has probably lost somewhere around a billion dollars in net worth during his presidency alone, and I still believe he's a billionaire. Uh, his assets are just substantial, even with his $1 million in debt. His net worth is still over a billion dollars. I'm willing to guarantee it. So jo- Donald Trump, you know, granted, right, he got, a, he got a nice start. His father was wealthy. But Donald Trump turned a fortune into a multi-billion dollar global empire by being himself his whole life. Joe Biden came from humble beginnings to becoming a wealthy person by being a politician his whole life, otherwise known as a professional liar. Donald Trump has made his riches by being him. Joe Biden made his riches by being whoever it is that he's talking to needs him to be. That is not good. Those are the two facts that he cannot dispute, is that Biden's family has gotten enriched uh, based on his career of being a professional liar for almost half of a century and Donald Trump's family got rich based on him being him and now is losing money because they stepped into the realm of politics Joe Biden enriched himself lying to people Donald Trump has now lost money in order to serve his country maybe he feels guilty about Vietnam honestly there's a part of me do you know what there's a, there's a like a little part of me that thinks Donald Trump certainly has uh, has been a reformed human being. The guy's a Democrat his whole life. I'm sure he wasn't uber pro-life. I don't even know that he is now, but he's saying it out loud, and that's all that really matters to me. I don't really care what's in his heart. I need to know what's in his policy. And as he's going to keep pushing the things that I like, I will continue to support him. I don't care what else he's doing. I don't, because the other side's doing really terrible shit, too, behind the scenes, and then their policies are really terrible, evil shit on top of it. So... I'm with I'm with the Don on this one, and I found myself in another one of these tirades. There was probably a point there, but in the interest of time, let's get into this last clip, which is definitely about climate change, I think. I'm pretty sure. Let's find out. That's burning down because of a lack of But management. sir, if you believe in the science of climate change, why have you rolled back the Obama clean power plan, which limited carbon emissions in power plants. Why have you relaxed? Because it was driving energy prices through the sky. Why have you relaxed fuel economy standards that are going to create more pollution from cars Well, and not trucks? really, because what's happening is the car is much less expensive and it's a much safer car. And you're talking about a tiny difference. And then what would happen because of the cost of the car, you would have at least double and triple the number of cars purchased. We have the old slugs out there that are 10, 12 years old. If you did that, the car would be safer. It would be much cheaper by $3,500. No, but you would take a lot of cars off the market because people would be able to afford a car. Now, okay, good point. This is this is a good counter here. So we rolled back some of the fuel emission standards for vehicles, allowing car companies to make cheaper cars, which will allow people to buy newer cars, which will get old, clunky, emission-spewing cars off the road. Valid. Also, Chris Wallace seems to be super attached to this Obama piece of legislation that, that Donald Trump got rid of. And um, I hate to break it to Chris, but he got rid of a lot of these environmental regulations, and we have still cut carbon emissions under under Donald Trump. That's after getting rid of the Paris Climate Accord. That's after getting rid of a lot of these regulations, Obama-era regulations that were designed to try to help cut carbon emissions. We have cut carbon emissions under Donald Trump. As a matter of fact, we have cut carbon emissions more than any other country in the world in the last couple of years under Donald Trump. So this is what I was talking about at the beginning of the show. The Democrats think they can legislate everything into existence. They cannot. 
They can try all they like, but they repeatedly fail, and they're too dumb to notice this pattern, so they'll continue to try it. Some would say that's insanity, I believe. That said, Donald Trump can still achieve the goals that the leftists want, like clean air and clean water, without regulating people to death by empowering companies and telling them, go provide products to people that do all of these things. And if you can provide them at a lower price, then these people can actually have them. And we have less of these environmental problems in, in the form of old clunky cars on the road. So we don't need to drastically cut carbon emissions or get rid of all gas guzzling vehicles and all this sort of stuff like they're trying to do in California. We just need to let companies do what they do. And in doing so, they'll innovate, they'll come up with cheaper products, they'll come up with cleaner products, and then the faster we can get cheaper, cleaner products into the hands of consumers, the less we have a problem with carbon emissions. It's an interesting strategy. It's honestly one I've never really thought about before, but clearly Donald Trump has. And Chris Wallace keeps trying to hammer home, like, do you believe in climate change? Do you believe it? Do you believe in climate change? But what about climate change, though? Climate change, though! And then it just goes through this whole thing. He must have repeated him. He must have interrupted him two or three times during that spiel there to ask him again, how do you feel about climate change? And he feels the same way most right-wingers feel about it, is that, yeah, there's probably some man-made component to it. I don't think it's anywhere near as big as the quote-unquote, you know, 2,500 scientists or whatever it is. It's really like five scientists and all the people that work in their office. But um, yeah, man-made climate change is probably a thing. I'm not particularly convinced that any of the solutions that have been presented will work. And I'm confident that a lot of these supposed solutions will cause a lot more harm to people today for very, very small returns, if any returns, in the future. I'm going to do a, I'll do a deep dive on climate change one of these days, although I'm sure there's information out there. My favorite resource is the great climate, what is it, the great climate swindle, I believe it is. It's a BBC documentary. They keep trying to debunk it, but it's just, you know, it's, it's actual scientists providing actual data, giving you actual measurements and whatever. Check it out and then feel free to debunk it if you'd like. I'd be encouraged. I'd be, I'd be interested in hearing how you guys feel about it. But I think it's like the great climate swindle, the great climate change swindle is how it's called. It's a BBC documentary again. And I'm pretty sure it's available in full for free on YouTube. So take a look. And uh, that's, that's it. My God, we made it to the end of this debate. It's amazing. I can't believe it. I'm gassed. I'm tired. I'm ready to call it a night. I'm ready to smoke a joint, watch some South Park, which is what I should have been doing up to this point. But we got two old fucks on stage screaming at one another and a whole country completely baffled as to what they might have saw or seen. And I'm, I'm here to interpret it. And I'm here to give you the right opinion. Because after all, opinions are like assholes. Everybody's got one. But this asshole has the right opinion right here on the therightopinion.podbean.com, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, all sorts of stuff, Amazon, whatever the fuck now. I think you can say, like, hey, Alexa, play the right opinion, and it may very well work. And if you have an Alexa out there, um, try this first, and then throw that fucking thing in the garbage. Jeff Bezos doesn't need to know your business. That said, find me on social media, at RightOpinionPod, Twitter, Parlor, Instagram. Um, also, I think I mentioned this before, but RatsaladReview.com. The debate is coming up soon. Is This weekend, I'll be posting it to social media when it's all done. I'm going to ask Wayne if I could post it here as well, but frankly, I want to send some of the clicks over that way. They're very nice guys over there at Rat Salad Review, and, uh, and unfortunately for Nate, he's going to find out how not nice I am. 
in <laughs> in the worst possible setting for him to do so. So, uh, yeah, it'll be me versus Nate, the police versus, I guess, Black Lives Matter, or the police versus systemic racism, the, uh, the second best debate of the week. Uh, it will be taking place on the rat, I'm sorry, on ratsaladreview.com. And then you can also check me out at hameenmediagroup.podbean.com. That is the auxiliary feed for hackerhameen.podbean.com, which you could check out for conspiracy theories, pro wrestling, and, and other random stuff. There's just too many shows. We needed two feeds. So check them both out, hackerhameen.podbean.com and hameenmediagroup.podbean.com. But most importantly, the right opinion podbean.com and i've already given you my outro and now i've given you the plugs this is all out of order it's about as chaotic as our debate was this week we got the vice presidential debate coming up um next week i believe we'll probably not do as deep a dive on that because it's just not going to be anywhere near as interesting but then there is supposed to be two more presidential debates and we're almost 30 days from the election folks grab your friends get their asses to the polls or to the to the ballot drop-off box, if you will. This is my ballot right here. Got it. I'm ready. I am going to fill this out in short order, and I'm going to drop it off at a ballot location nearest me, and uh, I cannot wait to cast this ballot. However, I was getting really sad because this is going to be the last time I get to vote for Donald Trump, and then I realized, fuck it. I'm writing him in in 2024 anyway. Anyway, that's all I got for you. This is The Right Opinion. I'm Harrison Bergeron. Peace. Be the elephant in the room in a room full of elephants. Be the elephant in the room in a room full of elephants. Boom. Boom.